Praise the Lord. Welcome to High Desert Word Center on a beautiful springtime morning. Amen. How's everybody doing today? Blessed. Wow, we had some wind last night. I, did you guys feel that? Did you hear that wind? That was a little bit wild, but praise the Lord. We're good. It just brought in the cool weather for another Sunday. God keeps blessing us with cool weather until we officially get those units back on the building. So thank you, Lord, for that. We want to welcome you today. We are going to have an awesome, awesome time. We've got a powerful word from the Lord for you today in our message. And we're going to have a great time of praise and worship. We're going to have communion. We're going to have a power-packed service today. Who's ready to receive from God this morning? Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's go ahead and stand up together for just a minute. We're going to speak some words of faith over the United States of America because America is coming to Jesus. Who believes that? Amen. Well, let's say this together and say it like you mean it. 
Father, we come to you in Jesus' name and in unity. We confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America. In Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord some praise. You may be seated this morning. You may be seated. All right. Well, who's ready for some wonderful, wonderful news? Amen. That's all I've got. If you like bad news, you're at the wrong place because we don't have any bad news. We've only got good news around here. But praise God, this is for the parents. Starting next Sunday, Mother's Day Sunday, we will officially have Children's Church open every Sunday morning from now on. Let's give the Lord some praise today. Amen. It's been a while. We've been able to do it on Sunday nights and different things, but we're going to officially have it on Sunday mornings. We've got enough teachers and enough workers now. So every Sunday morning, we will have Children's Church. And on top of that, just to make things a little bit sweeter, on Wednesday nights, we will also have Jam Junior available for the preschool and kindergarten every Wednesday night. So we are getting more and more back into the swing of things. Amen. So we are really, really excited, and I know that, you know, this is an answer to prayer for a lot of the parents, kind of makes things a little bit easier on some of our Sunday mornings, and I'm in that group, amen, you know, sometimes you just need a little break, come on somebody, amen, (laughs) we love the kids, we love them, and another great kids announcement is, we are going to be able to have kids club camp this year again, amen, kids club camp. We, we missed it last year because of everything, but uh, it'll be Friday and Saturday, June 11th and 12th, out at my parents' place out there in Newberry, Pleasant View Farm, and uh, we're going to stay the night. We're going to be tent camping. Uh, we're going to, you know, we're going to be, we got the water, we've got the lake, we're going to have all sorts of activities. It's going to be for fifth or first grade through fifth grade, okay? First grade through fifth grade, and we're going to have more details coming out in the weeks ahead, but Kids Club Camp is back, and we're super, super excited. So start letting the kids know about it, all right? And I'm going to let my mom talk about what we have coming uh, next weekend, because next weekend is a really big weekend for all the moms and the sons, right? Amen, amen. Well, next Sunday is Mother's Day weekend. And so for those of you women, mothers that are believing for your sons, your husbands, whatever, this is a a real uh, neat little thing you can do. They say, what do you want for Mother's Day? I want you to go to church with me next Sunday. And they will come. So anyway, and we also have gifts Sunday morning for uh, the the newest mother, which should be Julie, hopefully. (laughs) The oldest mother and the mother with the most, most children present with her in the service. We do that. Plus, every woman gets a gift. But I want to talk to you about the mother's son pancake buffet uh, breakfast, which is going to be next Saturday morning. If you do not have uh, your tickets yet, if you have not registered, you need to do that today. Susan will be hopefully back there at the info booth, and she's selling the tickets. Now, make sure you bring your ticket with you, because we're going to 
put your ticket with your name in the back of it and deposit it so we have lots of drawings. We're going to have some prizes and drawings. And also, if you would bring a picture of you and your child, your son, you know, whatever, when they were young. So I got to uh, uh, look one up for you and look one up for for Joshy. Yeah. But, you know, they're in that room that's a mess. So I need to go. I need to, I, I, it's going to be an exploring. I have to go exploring to find a picture. Yeah, anyway. So bring a picture if you can. Frame it if you can. We'll put it by where you're at. And I think that's all I got going on here. But make sure you do register because we're setting up for this thing like, uh, you know, midweek. So we want to make sure everybody has a seat. So if you're coming, sign up. Amen. All right. We are really excited about that. And again, that's something else we weren't able to do last year, so we're doing it this year. And speaking of Mother's Day weekend, next Sunday is, of course, Mother's Day. And you got to realize that traditionally for churches all across the U.S., there's really three big Sundays in a year. You've got Easter, you've got Christmas, and the third biggest Sunday is Mother's Day everywhere because, you know, moms like for their kids to go to church with them. Moms, do you like it when your kids go to church with you? You do? Okay, so anyway, uh, Mother's Day is always one of the biggest services, and we thought, what a great opportunity for you to invite people in, because, hey, when they come here, we're going to give them the good news that Jesus loves them, Jesus died for them, and Jesus wants to bless their life right here on earth. And so we have printed out a bunch of invitations, and what I'm going to, this worked so well at Easter. You guys invited people, and they came, and they got to hear the gospel, but every household, everybody here, we're going to give you at least one invitation for you to invite somebody to Mother's Day next Sunday. So you don't even have to raise your hand because you're mandatory getting one. Come on. Isn't that good news? You don't share my excitement. I thank you, Josh. Josh has one person in this whole building has my back. All right. So you're going to find someone to invite to church with you. And if you want to invite more than that, then do it. But praise God. Why do we do that type of thing? Because it's so serious that we are in the end times Jesus is coming back soon, and I want as many people as possible to go to heaven with us, and we take this seriously, amen? And so find somebody that you can invite, and we will give them the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, I've got one more uh, reminder and announcement. It's beginning in May, because today is the first Sunday of May. Can you believe that we're five months already into 2021? This thing's all is halfway over almost, and I'm like, man, it's already been a wonderful year. I can't wait to see what the rest of it is going to have in store for us. But beginning here in uh, just a few weeks, we're going to be starting off some of our lift groups again because some of those got put on pause. So beginning Sunday, May 16th, we're starting a Sunday morning half hour Bible class. If you're wanting to learn more about the Bible or just get together with a group and discuss some scripture, this is a wonderful way for you to grow in your Bible knowledge and in your fellowship and and just knowing some other Christians. So Austin Brady, Austin, raise your hand. That guy right there. See that guy? That's him. All right. That's Austin. He's going to be teaching out of the book of John one chapter a week every Sunday morning from 915 to 945 in Victory Hall. And I encourage you to, to get involved. Who wants to grow in their faith? Who is, I mean, you're glad for what you know already, but you would like to grow in your faith. Come on. Yes. 
And so this is your chance. And then also that same week, uh, Miss Katie, my, my wife right here, Miss Wonderful Katie, she's going to be starting a women's Bible study in our home on Tuesday nights. And so ladies, you can get more information on that, but that'll be right there at our house learning. And actually you're going to be studying, uh, the Kenneth Hagin book, how following God's plan for your life. It's a really awesome life changing book. So ladies, this is your chance to grow some more and guys, we'll take care of you too. Okay. We got, we'll, we'll take care of you. Don't, you don't worry. All right, guys, do you feel left out? No. Okay, good. We, we care about you. We want to, we want to take care of you too. So anyway, we got lots of good stuff going on. And of course we still have our Thursday night zoom lift group that Rosalinda and Betty lead. And that's going great. They've got people from other states that tune in and join in with that to study the Bible too. So our goal is to be strong in the word of God in the last days before Jesus comes back. Amen. All right. Well, who knows what time it is now? It is happy time. I'm going to have pastor come on up. He's going to do our Sunday morning tithes and offerings. And we know that the word of God is true. God loves a cheerful giver. And so we're cheerful when we give, man. It's our chance to give back to God some of what he gave us in the first place. Amen. All right, pastor, go ahead. Oh, he's got his own mic. All right. Amen. Somebody say glory to God. Glory to God. Man, aren't we glad that Jesus Christ is risen and that heaven's real? You know, I'm just, I'm just, I'm going to do the art. I'm just looking at this about inviting your mothers to church. Uh, when my mom was living, she wouldn't go to church, but I led her to Jesus a couple of years before she died. And she ended up in a nursing home of Alzheimer's. But I'll tell you what, I had a whole different mom after I led her through that prayer of salvation. She finally wanted it. And so, uh, I just say, if your mom's still living and you get her to church, get her to church. And moms, get those kids in here. This, this is so good to get this atmosphere. Anyway, I just saw that there. And I don't think about my mom very often because she's been in heaven for several years now. But I'm so glad to know I don't have to wonder. I wonder if my mom went to heaven. I don't have to wonder because I live for Jesus. And I led my mom to Jesus myself personally, so I know where my mom is. And so if you have any doubts about your moms especially, get them in here if you can, if they're just Anyway, it's happy time. Amen. Glory to God. Hold up your hands. You need an envelope for your tithes or your offerings. Look at Hebrews chapter 7. Hebrews chapter 7, verse 8. Hebrews chapter 7, verse 8. And... Uh, I, I like all the Bible studies of Pastor Dave and the things that are starting to happen, teach the Bible more, because there's so many churches that haven't really taught their people the Bible. But the book of Hebrews is about the, now listen to this, the present tense ministry of Jesus Christ. Jesus didn't just go to heaven and that's the end of Jesus. Jesus right now is still doing a lot of things for you and a lot of things for me. And a lot of people don't really understand that, but Jesus still ministers. And one of his ministries is this, Jesus is the Lord of the tithe. And Hebrews chapter 7, verse 8, talking about tithe, it says this, And here, that's on earth, men that die receive tithes. We're getting ready to receive God's tithe today as God's representatives on earth for him. Because God doesn't need money in heaven. But his churches and his ministries on earth need money to do what we've got to do. 
And so you can't just say, here, God, take this, and just throw it up and think God's going to catch it. It doesn't work that way. It says, we receive them for him. It says, but there he receiveth them, of whom it is witnessed that he liveth. So what if his ministries today is Jesus receives your tithe? And the reason that's so important to point this out to you from time to time is this. I don't know about you, but I did not, I wasn't a church person. So when I got born again back in 1980, when I read the Bible, I believed what it said because I didn't have any religious things in my head to tell me not so. And so then when I read into religious people, they would tell me, tithe is not for today. That's old covenant. Well, there's a lot of things in the old covenant that aren't for today. I mean, we don't have to sacrifice goats and sheep and cut up birds and lots of things like that. If, a, if you've got a wayward child under the old covenant, it says take him outside the city gates and stone him. There's a lot of things it says that aren't for today. But Hebrews chapter 7 verse 8 says that Jesus received tithes today. And so if tithe were for today, why would the New Testament say that Jesus received them today? And so to me, that helped me when religious people try to try to steal my blessing and tell me, well, you don't have to tithe today. That's not for today. Well, is the blessing of God not for today then? Malachi chapter 3, I'm not going to go there because of time, but pretty much everybody here has heard Malachi chapter 3, 8 through 12 taught over and over again that when we bring the tithe into the storehouse, and the storehouse is where God has stored up spiritual blessings for you, the Word of God, the anointed of God, spiritual guidance and leadership, etc., etc. God has things stored up here for you. And so to take care of the storehouse, that God says, bring your tithe into the storehouse to take care of the storehouse so you'll have a storehouse. But then in Malachi chapter 3, God says, I open the windows of heaven and pour my blessing out upon you. That's the anointing of God on your life in a serious way. And then God says, I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. Well, John chapter 10, Jesus said the thief is the devil. He's the devourer. God said, I'll rebuke the devourer for your sakes as tithers. And then he says that people will see you and call you blessed because the blessing of God. And so I want to say this. Somebody said, well, you mean that uh, that I'm not blessed if if I don't tithe? I didn't say that. You got a measure of blessing. But the blessing is much greater, much greater if you're a tither. And I'm thinking about Nadine, about a real estate deal she just did. I know there's a man that uh, that I knew that went to the church here. And his, his, wife, his wife was a Christian, and uh, I know they were tithers. They served Jesus for years and years and years. And Nadine just sold the house. It sold in three days. It sold for a really, really, really lot of money. And even sold for more money than what it was listed for. And I know that God looked down at that woman's life, all for years of faithfulness, her husband's years of faithfulness, and God said, I'm going to rebuke the devourer for her. He said, I'm going to have the windows of heaven opened on this deal here, and people look at her, they're going to call her blessed. And so that's what I'm saying, that's the difference is. And so no Christians, if they never tithe, can go to heaven. It takes born again to go to heaven. But if you want more heaven on earth in your life, then I suggest you be a tither. And, you know, sometimes people wonder what tithing is. Well, the Bible teaches that it's 10%. And so I know that uh, I got surprised on my in my check account a couple days ago. Uh, some money showed up, and I said, what's that? It said something about stimulus. 
I didn't know what that was. I mean, I got that stuff a few months ago. And then at the men's meeting yesterday, somebody said, well, California's giving stimulus to people who are on Social Security. So I said, oh, okay. Well, guess what? This morning I wrote out another check. You know what it was? 10% of that stimulus. Why was that? Because God blessed me. And so God blessed me and he said, give him 10%. So he got 10%. And I'll tell you what, it sure is nice having 90% of something I didn't have before. Amen. Amen. So anyway, that's why we tithe. Because Jesus receives the tithe and he blesses our life much more than people that don't tithe. Amen. I want to say it one more time because that, that, might, that might sound to somebody's religious mind. They might think, well, that's weird. I thought God loves everybody. God loves heathen that hate him like he loves you. We're his children and children are supposed to be obedient to what he tells children to do. And so, once again, I'm not saying that God doesn't love people. He doesn't want to bless everybody, but God always has requirements and stipulations in the Bible how to qualify more for the blessings. Amen? And so if you're not a person that tithes yet, read your Bible. we got books in the bookstore that explain tithing in detail and things like that. And then get your faith to where you start giving God 10% and you watch what happens when God opens up the windows on your life. Things will really turn around. Amen? Okay, let's make our financial faith confession. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritance, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, meet all my financial needs, so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, give justice to the kingdom of God, promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's stand up if we can. Arise, my soul, remember this. He took my sin and he buried it. No longer I who live. Now Jesus lives in me. For I was dead in sin, but I woke up to see the light. grip of fear, the grip of fear has no hold on me, so where, oh death, where is your sting, no longer I who live, now Jesus lives in me, oh I was dead in sin, but I woke up. Just see the light.
Let's sing that second verse. No, I won't boast, but in the cross that saved my soul, all else is lost. The grip of fear has no hold on me. So where, oh death, where is your sting? No longer I who live, now Jesus lives in me. For I was dead in sin, but I woke up to see the light. Yeah. 
beyond faith. Cause I know you'll make a way. I don't always understand, and I don't always get to see, but I will believe it. I will believe it. You make mountains move. You make giants fall. You use songs of praise to shake prison walls. And I will speak to my fears. I will preach to my doubts. You were faithful then, you'll be faithful now. I am standing on your word. Calling heaven down to earth You will fight my enemies And this will end in victory And I will believe it Yes, I will believe it That you make mountains move You make giants fall
make mountains move. You make giants fall. You use songs of praise to shake prison walls. I will speak to my fear. I will preach to my doubt. You will God to the world, but your Father to us. We thank you for your Son. Thank you that Jesus died for our sins. He took the curse for us so we could have your blessing. And as we receive your Holy Communion today, I pray that everyone here will be able to tap into what you have for them. And be able to get renewed, refreshed, and if they have bad things on their lives, be able to get them off today because of your blood. We thank you, Father. Today's a special time, and we're going to get the full benefit out of all you intend. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, it's, it's, it's Holy Communion time, and you know, I don't know if we have any first-timers or not, but whether you're a member of Hi, does the word said or not, if you're born again, child of God, if you've asked Jesus into your heart to be your Savior, He's your Savior, then we welcome you to receive communion with us. And so, uh, if you would, just start from the front to the back. Regularly, you know the routine. Just come up and, and get the elements, and you can stay at the altar and worship while we receive communion. You go back to your seat and uh, stand or sit or kneel. The main thing is, is the position of your heart, the condition of your heart at communion time. So standing, sitting, altar, seat, however you want to do it, it doesn't make any difference, but just your heart and your attitude. And remember this, 
Faith always pleases Jesus. Faith always pleases Jesus. So I'm going to share just a few things from the Word of God and their instructions for a communion that God gives. And so if we follow the instructions, we can get the blessing it is we should have. a holy time, such a wonderful time to reverence the Lord and you know I, know, I know you're walking and thinking about communion things but I just think about how good God is that Jesus prayed, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven and when you read the Bible about heaven, in heaven there's no strife in heaven there's no sickness in heaven, there's no lack. In heaven, there's no depression. In heaven, there's no doubt. Heaven's about one thing. You're the presence of Jesus and our Heavenly Father forever and ever and ever and ever. And Jesus prayed. He wants the will of God done in your life on earth as it is in heaven. Well, the reason... The will of God's done in heaven, and it's rough for the will of God to pass on earth, is there's no resistance in heaven. There's no devil. There's no flesh and emotions to get in the way of the anointing in heaven. But down on earth, you have an earth suit, you have a head, and you know, sometimes I just want to tell people, shut your stupid head off. And listen to Jesus in your heart. Jesus in your heart's never going to lead you astray. And, you know, I think about the gospel. I'm going to look at some gospel scriptures in just a minute. And if you're a Christian very long, you know the gospel literally means good news. It means good news. And when we read the Bible and hear about things God wants us to have, your head gets in the way and says, but, but, why, why? I don't deserve this. Why would God do that for me? Well, that's the good news of the gospel. He does it for you because he sees his son in you. His son, his son paid the price for your sins, your mistakes, your short, your shortcomings. That's why it's good news. It's too good to be true to a human understanding, but it's the gospel. And so we serve Jesus with our hearts and we do our best every day to change and change and change. But as I read from 1 Corinthians chapter 11, we got to know because our Father is so good, He made a way out for your stupidity. Amen. If I say your stupidity, I point the finger out there. I got four pointing back right here that I praise God that I know what I know about communion. And so 1 Corinthians chapter 11 it starts off talking about what we're doing, recognizing that he died on the cross, and we're not supposed to forget that. He took stripes on his back. His body was broken for us so we could be healed. But verse 28 through verse 31, I want to read this, and I want to explain this in a real simple way. I think you'll understand, because we as Christians, if we listen to our heads, 
and listen to lion demon spirits, that talk is out of the blessing of God. God wants us to have this blessings in spite of us. If you think you deserve it, you've earned it, you already missed it then. Because no matter how good you are, your righteousness is as filthy rags. But Jesus' righteousness gets us the blessing. So he says, let a man examine himself or herself and then eat of that bread and drink of that cup. So he says, we're supposed to have a type of examination. And, you know, I want to say this. There's things in the Bible that we do with outward expression. We do in the natural world, but they have inward spiritual benefits. Water baptism is one of them. I mean, you can go swimming anytime you want to. Get in the bathtub and go to the water. Doesn't mean anything spiritual about it. You're just getting clean. But if you go in water in a water baptism, the Bible says that's symbolic of your old man, your past life being buried, like Jesus was buried. And then you come out of the water, he says that's representing newness of life, like Jesus come up from the dead, raised in newness of life. Well, that's a natural thing, getting in water. But it's a difference in getting in the bathtub. That's water of a purpose from God. Well, the little the little cracker thing we eat here, we eat crackers, bread, wheat stuff all the time. There's nothing spiritual about that. And we drink Kool-Aid, grape juice, whatever you drink, nothing spiritual about that. But at a communion time, it turns from a natural thing to a supernatural thing, if you expect that. And I know that, you know, that uh, there was a neighborhood church I went to as a child. I, my family wasn't Christian, but neighborhood church went to it sometimes. They took communion every Sunday. I didn't have a clue what they were doing or why they were doing it. I don't think they did either. I think they just did it because they did it for a hundred years. That's what they do. Just take communion. Why do you do that? Well, because it's church. We take communion. But why? Well, I wonder why. Well, we take communion because it's church. Well, we don't take communion because it's church. You can take communion at home. You take communion in your hotel room. Wherever you're at, you take communion because it's a spiritual thing God gave us for a specific purpose. And so he said, at communion time, you examine yourself with the help of the Holy Spirit, and then you eat and drink the bread. And says, because if you don't do this the way God says, then you open yourself up for judgment. And it says, for this cause, many are weak and sickly among you, many sleep. It says, because Christians don't understand what communion's about and don't partake of it the way God said partake of it, said you open yourself up to stay sick and even die before your time. But look at verse 31, and this is gospel. Verse 31 is such good news. God said, if you would judge yourself, you won't be judged. Now we're going to be judged with the judgment seat of Christ. We're talking about everyday life. God judges sin. God judges wrongdoing. But God says, first of all, I want to give you a chance. If you take care of it, I won't have to. And, you know, I know that uh, we got different generations. But my generation, and a lot of you are the beaver cleaver generation, right? And the rifleman and things like that. And maybe do family shows since then and be good. But I think, when I think about communion, I think about the rifleman and I think about leave it to beaver because those shows, although they were secular shows, they both had a really good principle in them. When beaver or Wally, his brother, did wrong, Ward wouldn't just lower the boom. Ward would sit them down 
talk about things, say, now, Beaver, what was wrong with what you did? And Beaver said, well, Dad, I shouldn't have run across that old lady's grass like that through trash or the yard. That was wrong. Why was that wrong? Well, you were causing her grief. You were hurting her. What are you going to do about it, Beaver? Well, Dad, I'm going to go ask her to forgive me. I'm going to clean up her yard. And Ward said, okay, son, that's your punishment then. You just do what you know you're supposed to do. And same thing with Lucas McCain on Rifleman. When Mark did wrong, he wouldn't just want to beat the tar out of him. He'd say, now, Mark, what's wrong with what you did? Or why was that wrong? And then the son would say, well, Dad, it was wrong because of this. And I know I did wrong, and I'm sorry, and I repent. Well, that's what God says right here. If you'll judge yourself, God says that I won't have to spank you. I won't have to take care of it, so take care of yourself. So that is what communion is about. Communion is a supernatural, spiritual thing, and we all the time should be talking to the Lord and get forgiveness we need. But this is a special time set apart by God. That, And I want to get this across to you because I really know that there's people who need to hear this. You've got things you want God to do in your life right now. You've got people that need healed. You might have financial things you need, but your mind, with the devil helping it, is telling you, God's not going to do that for you. You did this, and you did that, and you did wrong. You should have done this, you should have done that. God's not going to answer your prayer. Well, communion time, he says, when we judge ourselves and ask for forgiveness... However it is God does this, I don't know. I know He does it. God's got an eraser in the spiritual realm. And those things that He'd hold against you, when you examine yourself and you confess those to Him and ask for His help to quit repeating the same things over and over again, God says, okay, got a clean slate. Now when you, when I look at you, He says, I see you through the blood of Jesus. You're clean as if you'd never sinned. What do you need me to do for you? Amen. So that's why we take communion. We take it in faith with God's instructions. And nobody should leave here today with a dark cloud over their head thinking, everybody in that church is holy except me. I'm the only rat there. You're not. Get clean by the blood of Jesus. And you're just as clean as anybody else. Amen. Well, let's bow our heads. Let's bow our heads and do what he said. If you got things you need to make right, talk to him about it. And according to the word of God, he's going to clean you with his blood.
And as we're wrapping up our praying, <clears throat> I want to remind you of something else too. There's a couple different kinds of sins. One sin is called sin of commission. That's when you're doing wrong and you know you're doing something you shouldn't do. But then there's sin of omission. That means God's dealt with your heart of something he wants you to do and you're not doing it. And you know, that may, that may be something as simple and you know, I, I call it simple as calling somebody that you've had a fallen out with. And God wants you to get it right. Or send in a card and said, hey, I want to tell you, I love you. And I want us to be friends again. I want us to be able to talk again. I mean, that, sound, that sounds simple. But if there's demonic oppression trying to stop you, then just say, devil, in the name of Jesus. You're not going to destroy my life, my relationships, and do it. So whatever, whatever it is, that's that that that's another type of sin that a lot of us don't think about, but that's a blockage. Sin is a blessing, uh, a blessing blocker, and so you need to have things right there. So I believe we've all taken care of some things, but as we partake now, says Jesus, we had given thanks. He broke the bread and said, "Take eat. This is my body, which is broken for you." This do in remembrance of me. And I'm not going to take it right now because I want to tell you what he said. He said, remember. And we as Christians have to keep that picture in our heart and in our thinking that Jesus Christ, like those pictures we had Easter time, he had those thorns put on his head. His side was pierced. He was naked for the world to see on that cross up there. And he had those stripes on his back that by the, by those stripes we were healed. He said, you always remember this. I died. I hung up there. I took those stripes so you could be healed. I want you healed more than you want healed. And so he said, remember that as we take these. So, Father, we want to thank you that Jesus did hang on that cross. He did give up the ghost. He took our punishment. He took those stripes. And, Lord, we thank you that by Jesus' stripes we were healed so we are healed. After the same manner also he took the cup when it's up, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do you as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Father, I want to thank you again. And remember what this is all about. That, Lord, I know since I've been a Christian, all the dumb things I've done over the years and the sins I've committed, all those things, Lord, I can do nothing to change those things but I can confess to you what I've done wrong Lord and your blood washes those things away I want to thank you Jesus for a clean slate today that I'm clean I'm righteous according to your word I'm holy because of your blood and so Lord we take this in remembrance of you your blood makes us clean thank you Jesus what can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? 
Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is that flow that makes me white as snow. No other fountain, no. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Amen. Lord, we know it's nothing but your blood. We, we're nothing without you, God. We couldn't get clean. We couldn't change. We couldn't be anything without you. It is nothing but the blood of Jesus. We love you, Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Can we give the Lord some praise together today? Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Who's glad to be in the house of the Lord today? Amen. Isn't it awesome getting a chance to take communion together as a, as a family and, and just get to remember and celebrate what Jesus did for us? We can never lose sight of the sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross. We have to always remember that. And I love that. Amen. Well, uh, the title today is this. This is something that's just really been on my heart all week. It's called Standing on the Promises of God. Now, you know, if you've been a Christian very long, maybe, you know, if you, depending on what type of church background you come from, you realize that there is, there's an old hymn called Standing on the Promises of God. And uh, it was written in 1886, so that was, you know, just a few years before some of us were born. But at the same time, you know, we, we don't do a lot of hymns around here. We do some. We just sang one a minute ago. But we don't, we don't do a, you know, we don't sing a lot of hymns uh, anymore, but I know this much. Some of them are very, very powerful, right? And, and, you know, this song, uh, in fact, I didn't, in fact, growing up, I didn't sing a lot of hymns at our church growing up. We we're very Pentecostal, charismatic, and I, and that's so, if, if you know some of those songs, I can sing those all day long. But, but this song though, I, it, it is a powerful song because when you think about it, what, what, what is it that we're standing on? What, what is it that we're so assured of? What is it that gives us such confidence that God's going to come through for us? We're standing on his promises. And there's over 8,800 specific promises from God, from the Old Testament to the New Testament. Over 8,800 different promises that God made to us. And I've been thinking about this all week long because, you know, I know different people face different things and different people are, well, I'm dealing with this right now, pastor. And guess what? There's a promise from God's word for you on that. Yeah, well, I'm dealing with this over here. Guess what? There's 255 promises from God's word about that to you right there. And I don't ever want to approach anything I do with, you know, a, a religious, you know, well, we're standing on the promises because, you know, I get that. You know, some people are just uh, have a religious mindset and just repeat things that they've always heard. But my uh, goal is to get us to realize when I say I'm I'm standing on the promises of God, I, I'm not just saying that because it's something we've said for 140 years. I'm saying it because I mean it. When God promised me something, you better know that I fully believe that he's going to come through and do what he said he would do. 
And so, you know, as I said earlier today, man, we're, we're five months into 2021, and all I can say is that the first five months have been a wonderful five months in my life and in this church life, and, and so many of you guys, I know the things that God's doing in your lives, I mean, the first five months have been off the charts, incredible, some of the best five months I've ever had, just seeing what God's doing over and over again. And I sat down the other day just to like, man, I'm going to write down some testimonies of some things that I've already seen in five months in 2021. And I looked back to Christmas of last year, whenever, you know, we had some extra money. So what do we do? We, we bought everybody in here. Remember, we gave everybody some gift cards and said, this is the gift of seed. We want you you to take this gift card and go find somebody to give it to because what better gift could we give you than the gift of seed because when you give something to somebody else the bible says oh it's going to be given back unto you but good measure pressed down shaken together and running over and so i could give you a 20 dollar bill and say you know take your family to in and out for lunch you know be warmed and filled god bless you or you could take that 20 dollars and give it to somebody else that needs it and you'll get more than one meal for the for lunch that day you will have harvest coming back to you and so we gave these gift cards out and we said this is for you to have seed for 2021 for your year but it's also so we will reap a harvest and get our HVACs in when we need them right and so we gave that out and praise God within about 30 days time we received $60,000 to get our brand new HVAC units we were only expecting 30 and we got $60,000. Amen. And praise God, we're getting the, we're getting the right ones put in really, really soon. We're going to put some pressure on this week to, to get this thing done because it is getting warm, but praise God, that's a testimony. And what was that? That was standing on the promises of God because Galatians 6, 7 says you reap what you sow. And so we said, hey, we're going to plant some seeds and we will reap a harvest and praise God. We stood on that promise and we reaped a harvest very, very quickly. I was thinking of one of the single moms here at church when, when we were taking up this, you know, the collection for the HVAC unit. She said, man, I want to give. I just don't have anything to give right now. But but she heard this verse that we shared and Second Corinthians 9, 10 says that he gives seed to the sower. And you're like, and she's like, God, I want to give, but I need something to give. So I'm claiming seed for the sower. And guess what? That very afternoon, she told me somebody came up and just out of nowhere gave her a sum of money. And she said, God, I'll, I'll give it straight to, I'll give it. And bless God, she was obedient and she gave it. And, and the, the blessings have poured out on her life since then. So what am I talking about? Standing on the promises of God. If God promised something to you in his word, he will do it. On Easter Sunday, we had a lady come in here. She had been going through stage four cancer. And she, somebody brought her in and, and, and they said, listen, if you get to my church, they'll pray for you and God will heal you. Guarantee it. And, you know, she brings her up to me. I'm like, well, hey, that's a lot of pressure. But guess what? The pressure's not on me. It's on God and he can take it. So we grabbed some anointing oil out. She'd never seen this before in her life. What are you getting ready to do to me? If I walked into some weird place here, I'm like, this isn't weird. We're going to anoint you with oil in the name of the Lord. So I put some oil on my hands, me and Katie. We laid hands on her. She went on Monday, got her blood work done. By the end of that week, the doctor said, there's no cancer in your body. You're cancer free. 
So what am I telling you? God made a lot of promises in his word. And if you've got the guts to believe it, he's got the power to make it happen in your life. So when I say, brother, I'm standing on the promises of God, that's not just some cute thing that I'm saying from back in the day. I'm saying it because my entire life is based upon God not being a liar, his word being true, and him coming through in the clutch time and time again. And he's never let me down, not one time, and he never will. And all I can say is I love Jesus. I love Jesus. You, there's nothing you could say. There's nothing you could do to make me change my mind on that. I love Jesus with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind and strength. He's everything to me because he's done so much for me. I, there's no way I could ever repay him. If I lived 10,000 years, I couldn't repay Jesus for what he's done for me in this one lifetime. He is everything to me and he keeps his word. And so what is a promise? Well, I've got this definition on the screen here. This is from the Webster's 1828 Dictionary, the original English here. But a declaration which gives the person to whom it is made, look at this, a right to expect or to claim the performance of the act. Uh, it's a right to expect or to claim the performance of the act. Now, you hear people say, well, you guys, you're, you're some of those name it and claim it. And th- they mean that as an insult, but I'm like, You're darn right we're a name it and claim it. God said he would do it. I'm going to claim that promise. That's not an insult to me. No way. Well, you guys just grab it and blab it. You bet we grab it and blab it. I grab what the word of God says to me, and I'll blab it to anybody that'll listen or if they won't listen, because God is good. And if he made a promise in his word, I am going to lay claim to that promise. You better bet that I'm going to, and I'm not ashamed of it. It's healed me of leukemia. It's done so many things in our lives that I'm not ashamed to name the word, to claim the word, to grab the word, to blab the word. I'm not insulted or ashamed by that whatsoever. I expect and I claim that God will do what he says he will do. Who believes that this morning? God will do what he says he will do. You know, there's this old saying in the world, you know, don't let your mouth write checks that you can't cash. Well, listen, God's been writing some big checks lately, and he's got the power to cash every single one of them. And so, well, that's a big thing. I don't know if I could believe for that. Hey, if you can believe it, God can make it happen, no matter how big it is. And so we just need the faith of a child. Amen. A kid, kids, you notice, I mean, a kid that's from a good home, they don't have a lot of worries in this world if they've got a stable mom and dad. Well, well, son, aren't you worried about that? No, my dad promised that he'd take care of it. I'm not worried about it. And listen, I've got a really good father in heaven. Amen. I've got a good earthly dad, but I've got a really good father in heaven. And why should I worry? My dad promised that he would protect me. He promised that he would send his angels to surround me. He promised to supply all my needs. He promised that though a thousand may fall at my left hand and 10,000 at my right hand, it will not come near me. I'm not afraid. I've got the promises of God. And so I want to pray this morning that I'm going to look at a few things to 
encourage you and challenge you and remind you that, hey, you've got some really good promises for you to stand on, but you're going to have to do some work on your end. You're going to have to actually open the Bible and see what they are and actually believe what God says. Let's pray this morning. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you so much for your holy written word. We thank you that we've got the word of God right here today that we can read. And Lord, I pray that you'll speak to each person here in Jesus' mighty name. Challenge us, encourage us. Lord, remind us of things that we need reminded of. Teach us things that maybe we've never heard before. But I thank you, Lord, that we're stronger because we made the decision to Come to your house today, Lord, and to listen to your word. We thank you for it. In the name of Jesus, can somebody say amen? All right, so number one today is this. Number one, you can trust God. You can trust God. Now, for some, it's like, well, that's not very deep. But as of the month of May, I've been in full-time ministry for 14 years. And there's one thing that I've learned in 14 years is there are a lot of people that have serious trust issues. They have trust issues. Because why? Well, there's a lot of reasons, but maybe maybe their mom and their dad honestly didn't keep their word to them very much. And I that's that's tragic and it makes me sad because I admit I I was very blessed. I didn't grow up in a, you know, millionaire household, but I did grow up in a house with parents that loved me and kept their word to me and taught me the Bible. And that's the best gift I could ever have. I, you know, forget, forget everything else. But I, I did have that. But I have realized out of 14 years that there is a large percentage of people that they have trust issues because they couldn't trust their parents and they couldn't trust their family. And that breaks my heart because whenever parents, whenever we set that example for our kids, they start to think, well, my, my dad said this all the time, but he never meant it. They have a very hard time trusting that their heavenly father will keep his word also. And they may not put it that way. They may not even think of it that way. But whenever you establish trust issues within somebody, it becomes very hard to break. And so I've seen, you know, a lot of people like, well, I mean, I know the Bible says that I want to believe it. I want to trust it. But for whatever reason, it's really hard for them to accept that God loves them, not because they do a bunch of things for him, but God loves them because he loves them. You realize that, right? That God doesn't love you because you give a bunch of money, because you read your Bible, because you do this and this and this. No. God loves you because he created you in his image and he thinks that you're awesome and wonderful and he loves you so much that he gave his son Jesus to die for you, right? I mean, come on. He, he doesn't love you because you're talented and, well, I really love her. She's a great singer. I mean, so, no, God loves you because he loves you. And as a Christian, no matter how long you've been a Christian, I'm here to tell you today you can trust God even if you couldn't trust them. Even if your dad or your mom let you down, you can trust God. He's never let me down. People have let me down, but I can say with all certainty that God the Father has never let me down. He's always been there for me. So let's look at Numbers chapter 23. Can we look at Numbers chapter 23 this morning? Amen. So we're going to go back to the Old Testament here. Numbers chapter 23 and uh, 
man, maybe this isn't a book that you read a whole lot out of, but this is good stuff right here. Numbers chapter 23, and we're going to look at verse 19. Numbers chapter 23 and verse 19. And I'm telling you today that no matter what, you can trust God. He's not a liar. Numbers chapter 23 and verse 19, it says, God is not a man, so he does not lie. He's also not a woman, so he doesn't lie. Well, he's not a person, so he doesn't lie. Amen. It has nothing to do with being male or female. But God is not a man, so he does not lie. He is not human, so he does not change his mind. Has he ever spoken and failed to act? Has he ever promised and not carried it through? The answer's no. The answer is no. He's never promised and not done his part to carry it through. But there's so much wrapped up into this one little verse. Listen, God doesn't change his mind. Because if he changes his mind, that means that at one point he was wrong, right? Have you ever made a decision? You're like, oh, wait, now that I've got more information, I I was wrong. I'm going to have to change that. No, God doesn't have to change his mind because he was right the first time around, right? And so it says right here that he is not a human. He does not lie. And, you know, one thing that I found out is, you know, I don't know how to say this, but the majority of people lie at some point in time. Shocking, I know. But but the truth of the matter is that the majority of people, unfortunately, they'll lie if it's going to get them out of trouble. I'm not saying you guys. I'm just saying a lot of people that you see out there in this world, right? And uh, and so, I don't know. I've got this this strange TV habit that um, I I don't watch cops and stuff like that because I can't handle the hard stuff. But I watch these these TV shows about the game wardens, about like the 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 the, the police officials that deal with uh wildlife and that sounds crazy but i'm a dork and i'm a nerd and that, that's like that's as hardcore as i can handle okay so anyway so i i, I watch these guys and and they go out and you know hey you're hunting without a license what's wrong with you and they check the hunting licenses and the fishing licenses or whatever and it's really interesting to me but as i watch these shows all right there's one thing that i've noticed it is shocking to me how many people will lie to law enforcement I'm just shocked. I mean, over something as stupid as a fishing license, and and people always think they've got this clever lie, like, oh, I do have a fishing license, but it's uh, it's I didn't bring it with me today. And they're like, oh, well, we can just look it up on our system right here. Uh oh. Uh. <laughs> well, what happened was I I used to have one, and it expired. Wait, it says here that you've never had one in your life, and so, but it's just it shocks me. Because I wasn't raised that way, that no matter what, you don't want to lie to anybody, but God forbid that you're going to lie to law enforcement. And what's hilarious is the longer that I've watched these shows, I see the same lies repeated over and over and over by different people all the time. And so what you got to realize is, is you think that that clever little lie is, well, I'll tell the CHP officer that I've got to go to the bathroom really bad. Do you know how often he's heard that lie? Right? <laughs> and people will just lie to them and think, and, and you got to realize that guy's heard that lie 10,000 times this week and they don't believe it. They see right through it. And, and, and what I'm, what I'm getting at is this, is that 
we have to realize that you may just be accustomed to people lying. You may just be accustomed to people not keeping their promises, but don't hold God in the same category that you hold people. He's not a human. So he does not lie. John 4 says God is spirit. So those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. God's not one of us. So don't hold him to the same standards in the same box that you may put other people into. God is not a person, so he does not lie. Has he ever made a promise and failed to carry it through? The answer is absolutely no. He is not like that. And so I am telling you today that Jesus can be trusted. He's very trustworthy. He always comes through in what he promises, and he always keeps his word. And so sometimes we look at things in the Bible and see things like, you know, beloved, Third John 2. I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in health. I don't know why that trips so many Christians up, especially from religious denominational backgrounds. They see that and they're like, there, it's in there, but there's no way that that's talking to us. There's no way that God actually desires that I would have wealth and, and have health and have money. And, and, and there's no way that God, yes, there is. Why would God put something in there that he doesn't mean? Absolutely. He's not out there just making big old promises just so we can dangle something in front of you. Remember that old State Farm commercial where the State Farm agent's dangling a dollar bill in front of the girl on a fishing pole and she's grabbing for it? God's not dangling something good in front of you just so you'll grab for it. If he made the promise, he wants you to have it. And so it makes me think of one time... Um, so right after Katie and I got married, I, I worked at Hardee's, okay? I mean, you've heard some of my stories. So it's the, the Carl's Jr. of the Midwest. And so our, our district manager decided to do this contest, all right? I was super into basketball at the time, all right? Really into, I mean, basketball was like my whole life. And so our, our company was one of the biggest sponsors of the Indiana Pacers for basketball. And, and so they did this contest. Whoever in this district has the fastest drive-through time for, you know, this time period, you're going to get these courtside tickets to this upcoming game. You're going to meet the players. You're going to do all this stuff because they were this huge sponsor. And so me and my boss were really close. We were like, oh, we've got this. We'll, we'll do anything we've got to do. I mean, we, short of killing someone, we would have done anything we could have done. To win these tickets. I mean, we would have rather had this than a check for a million dollars. I mean, it was, and so me and my boss, we hustled, we, we did everything we could. And in fact, I've told this story. This isn't my point today, but I was so, so bad wanted these tickets. One time, you know, we were doing good. And so he would every day, he would get the latest updates like, okay, we're in second place in the whole district. There's these two stores in Indianapolis that are beating us. But as long as we can trim this down today, we should move up one spot. And so we were just, we were killing it, man. We were working our behinds off. And so one day in the drive through line, this lady's car breaks down and she's sitting on our timer. And I'm in the back and there's a timer roll. I'm like, oh God, no, no. Everything we've worked for, this junky car's gonna, she's gonna cost us everything. And my boss is like, here it goes. All that hard work down the drain for nothing. And he knew that I'm a, I mean, 
I was a person of faith, right? I don't just talk about the stuff that we preach here. I actually do this stuff in my life, right? I'm, and so, and so he's like, what are we going to do? We got to get her out of there. Is there some way? And I open the back door to the kitchen and he sees me walking out to the drive and he knows my mechanical skills, right? I'm just talking to Brandon about this. I'm not a mechanic and I just got to admit that I can change uh, your, your wiper fluid. If you want something like that, I can change your oil, but that's the extent of my mechanical ability. And so he sees the door fly open. I stomp out there in my, my Hardy's visor with a star on the top, you know, my non-skid shoes and my Hardy's t-shirt. And I'm walking out there and he's like, don't do it. Please don't, please don't go. And my boss is begging me. He's like, don't be a hero. Don't do this. I'm like, I got this. And so I go to this lady's car. I'm like, ma'am, I'm not a mechanic, but I did stay at a Holiday Inn Express last night. I'm kidding. I didn't say that. But I said, ma'am, I know you've got something going on here and we care about you. We want to get you your food. What I'm going to do here is I'm a Christian. I'm going to I'm going to pray over your car right now. You're going to try it again. It's going to start up. Go to the window and get your burgers and you just drive right out the parking lot right now. And so I go out there and my boss is, oh, God, no, no, please don't do this. So I mean, but. The gifts of the Spirit, there's this gift of special faith. I'm not going into that today. But there's a temporary endowment from on high where God will just momentarily give you something. And so I laid hands on this lady's car. And I promise you, I had no doubt in my mind that it was going to start when I prayed for it. I said, in the name of Jesus, bless this lady. Let her car start right now in Jesus' name. Ma'am, try it again. And I, I was so confident. I just started walking back to the kitchen. You know what I mean? Just And then she starts the car. She twists the key. And it actually fires up. And my boss about passed out. He about fainted in the kitchen like, oh, my God. And so, anyway, he's hanging on to and And, I mean, I just knew that it was going to work. And so she starts it up, goes to the window, gets her thick burger, and drives off down the street. I have no idea what happened from there. But it worked. It actually worked. So the point of my story, though, that was not that was just a sidetrack. The, the point of it all is this. We worked and we hustled. We did everything they told us to do. And in the end, we found out that we actually did finish in first. But they gave our tickets to somebody else. One of the buddies of the district manager, he kind of worked his way in. And they gave him the tickets that we had hustled and worked for and, 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 and all this stuff. And me and my boss, we were just livid. We were so mad. We were so angry. We did all this stuff. We put our reputation on the line to get these stupid basketball tickets. And, and so in the end, I was like, you know what? This hurts. It's a low blow. Now, maybe you're laughing because, you know, that's not really in, in the grand scheme of things. Now that I've got kids and, and, you know, a real life to live, basketball tickets are way down on the list of importance. But at the time, they were really high up there. OK. And so, you know, I'm like, you know, what what can I do? So, God, I'm just going to give it to you. And Lord, I, you know, forgive the bosses and everything else. And I know that you'll make it up to me someday. God will make it up to me someday. And so I stood on that. And it's funny because years later, I can say this. God has more than made it up to me in so many ways. But one funny thing is this. In 2010, about 2009 and 10, me and my brother Joe somehow became friends with this guy that worked for the Los Angeles Clippers. And he was a t- he's a ticket guy. And so he started giving us tickets to sit in the suites 
to sit courtside and all this stuff. And it was hilarious. I mean, here we are. You know, he, one day he called me, uh, one, one day in 2010, I think it was. It was like, Hey, what are you doing Tuesday night? I'm like, I don't know. He said, come on down. Just show up to this entrance to the Staples Center and and tell him your name, and I've got something for you. So you don't have to tell me and Joe twice, man. We hopped in that thing, and we sped down there. And I show up to the window. I'm like, hey, uh, Maurice told us that... Uh, to show up right here. And so they bring it, they bring us this envelope with tickets. They, there's this entrance that not a lot of people see, but it's called the VIP entrance. And so these ushers escort us in, take us to this back hallway and lead us to this suite where they gave us hot wings all night long. All night long. And they're like, sir, would you like more? We're like, we're from Barstow. Absolutely. We want more. Keep them coming never seen anything like this in our lives. And so they're bringing the, and like, do you, can we fill up your soda? Fill it up twice, man. Give us two of them. Like, come on, listen. And so this happened a couple of times. And then eventually they gave us these courtside tickets. I mean, right there, you could feel the sweat from the players just splashing you. It was, it was an incredible experience. Now, these days, you probably couldn't pay me to go to an NBA game, but that's a different story. Anyway, so, but at that point in time, that was everything to me. And I just looked back and said, you know what, Hardy's Hardy, har, 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 har. <laughs> Keep your stupid tickets. Amen. Come on, somebody. All right. Psalm 91. Psalm 91. Let's get for real here. But I'm telling you this. Even if people have let you down and not kept their word, God's never done that to you. Now, I'll say this. You mean you've never had a prayer go unanswered? I've had prayers go unanswered. You mean you've never taken a loss? Oh, I've taken the L. I've taken the loss a few times. But guess what? If I look back on every situation... It's never been God's fault. If I was to be honest, I could look back and say, oh, I know why that happened now. Because I did this. I invited that trouble into my life. I This happened over here. But there's never been a time that God has made a promise, and I've kept my end of the deal, that he's ever not kept his end of the deal. He's always come through. And when people have let me down, just like the story I just told, he was there to more than make up for it. Every single time. Psalm 91, verses 1 and 2 in the New King James, it says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him, I will say it with me, trust. He's my God. In Him, I will trust. Is there anybody in here today that you trust The Lord, that's why I have not flipped out. I have not lost sleep. I've not spent one moment of fear over these last 14 months, over these last 14 years. Why? Because God made some promises to me. And guess what? I actually trust them. And I know so many of you do too, that we trust if God said it in his word and I believe it, it will come to pass. I will Have it. Look at Psalm 56. Psalm 56. We're getting warmed up now. Who's having a good time today? Amen. I love coming to the house of the Lord. Love being with the people of God. Psalm 56. We're going to look at verses 3 and 4. And what are we talking about? We're talking about standing on the promises of God. And when God makes a promise, it's not like somebody else making a promise He's, there's nobody like him. He always keeps his word 
every single time. Psalm 56, verses 3 and 4. It says, but when I am afraid, I will put my what? Trust in you. Verse 4. I praise God for what he has promised. I, what is it? Trust in God. So why should I be afraid? What can mere mortals do to me? I trust in God. I trust in God. Say it with me. I trust in God. Why would I be afraid? No devil is big enough to take God down. No person is big enough to take God down. No disease is big enough to take God down. I trust in God. I should not be afraid. Now, a promise is only good if the receiver trusts the promise maker. I'm the receiver. He's the promise maker. If the promise is only good, if I will believe and trust him, because there's a whole lot of good promises in the Bible that a lot of Christians are not experiencing. They're not believing God for him. They're not trusting God for him. If they just fell on you like ripe cherries off a tree, as the saying goes, you know, when, when it's harvest time for cherries, they get ripe. They just fall right off the tree. It's a beautiful thing. No, you don't even have to go out there and tug on them and pull them. They just fall right off the tree. Well, guess what? The promises of God, you got to reach out and receive it and believe it and, and grab it and take a hold of it. It's that way. And there's so many great things in the Bible that a lot of God's children are not experiencing because they're, they're not, they're not going for it. They're not grabbing it. They're not trusting God for it. But nevertheless, it is there. And so that brings me to point number two. Number one, you gotta trust God. Number two, you have to take His word seriously. You have to take His word seriously. Don't go around and say things like, well, I'm standing on the promises, brother, when you don't take the Bible seriously, because absolutely you're not. You know, I had someone tell me one time, you know, how you doing, brother? Oh, I'm standing on the promises. Okay, good. What verses are you, what verses are you believing for and standing on? Just gave me a blank stare. Like, uh, I, I don't, I don't know. I'm like, well, that's a nice thing to say, but you're not standing on the promises then. Because standing on the promises of God means that you're trusting in and standing on his word. So don't ever again say that you're standing on the promises if you don't have some actual verses that you really are standing on. You've got to have the word of God. And you, if you're going to grow in the Lord, you're going to have to take God's word seriously. It can't just be a hobby. It can't be a, you know, well, that's my Sunday thing. I mean, think about it. We know we, we, we equate the word of God to our daily bread, to our manna, to our spiritual food. I don't know anybody in here that only eats one time a week. Right? You know, it, come Saturday, you're like, oh, wait, tomorrow's Sunday. It's eating day. Well, I, I think I'm having a sandwich tomorrow and, and that'll be my food for the week. We'll, we'll eat again till next Sunday. No, you eat every day, right? Every day. I mean, most of us several times a day, right? Because you got to stay healthy. You got to stay. And you're not healthy if you were to only eat one time a week. Yet there's so many people that they love the Lord. They are a Christian. But the only time they get any spiritual food they ever eat spiritually is maybe one time a week. And that's on Sundays when they come to church. If 
they come to church every Sunday. And so there's no way in the world that you can be strong and only eat once a week. Give us this day our daily bread. You need this every single day. If you're going to get anywhere in life and if you're going to start seeing some victories, if you're going to start seeing some of these things come to pass in your life, you're going to have to take the word of God seriously. I love the Bible. I'm obsessed with the Bible. And it's funny because the more that I read it, the more I'm like, man, I just I don't know very much at all. I'm just scratching the surface of this thing. This is a deep well of knowledge and wisdom and understanding. And the more you read it, the more you want it. The Bible's awesome. Is there anybody in here that could say, man, I love the Bible. I love God's word. It's everything that we need. It's a lamp for our feet. It's a light for our path. And it tells us what God's will is for our life. And so it's not real often that I get to say, well, you know, I don't know what the will of God is on that. I mean, there's some things, you know, we're like, well, God, what's your will in this situation? But most of the time we already know because we've read the will and testament of Jesus Christ, right? The old and the new testament. We've read his will, which is his word. So if you if you're into this book, you don't have to wonder, well, I wonder what God would want for this. You already know what his will is in our lives. But the problem is so many people, the promises are there, the blessings there, but they don't ever tap in to what rightfully belongs to them. You know, I've, I've seen these different, you know, sometimes on the news and stuff where there's somebody that maybe they're living the, a, a life of poverty or something. And it come to find out that they had, they had given been left this massive inheritance that they just never knew anything about, right? And, you know, we've seen the spams. You ever got these emails that you had a rich uncle in Nigeria and he died and that you're the fourth prince of whatever and, and that you're the next of kin and that you've inherited $26 billion? I'm the only one that's got one of those spam emails. I've got, okay. So we've got the, and, then, you know, that's that's a fraud and that's a lie. But there are times when you see somebody, it's like they've been living, you know, an uh, impoverished or sad life, and it's like, wait a minute. Come to find out this guy is actually a descendant of royalty and he's got millions of dollars and things that belong to him. He didn't have to be living that way. Why was he living that way? Because he didn't know what rightfully belonged to him. And there's a lot of Christians that are living way down on this level and they don't have to be because they've got blessings and promises and the word of God that rightfully belong to them. They just don't know about it. You need to get in there and find out what belongs to you. Don't you want to know? If I said, you know, you come to find out that that some rich relative ancestor left you a bunch of stuff and they're like, here's everything that belongs to you. Would you say, okay, and just toss the book and go back to watching TV? No. Would you actually want to open it up and find out what belongs to you? I'd want to find out what belongs to me. If I've got an island somewhere, praise God, I want it. If I've got, if I've got something that is mine, I'm like, hey, give it to me. It's mine. And the word of God is full of things that God wants us to have. But you're going to have to open it up and find out what it is that the Lord wants for you so you can lay claim to it and receive what God has for you. I want to look at Psalm 119, Psalm 119. And we're going to look here at verse 140. Psalm 119 is the longest chapter in the Bible, but it is a wonderful chapter 
And it's broken down into these about 10 verses per segment. It's a it's this Hebrew poem. But Psalm 119, we're going to look at verse 140. And the whole thing is about David's obsession with God's word. And, I've, I, you know, we've talked about this, but he, he refers to God's promises, God's word, God's commandments, God's laws, his statutes, his decrees. He uses all these synonymous words, but it's all talking about the word of God. And so I love what David said right here about God's promises or about his word. Psalm 119, verse 140. And here's what David had to say here. He says, your promises have been thoroughly tested. That is why I love them so much. And I can tell you right now, his promises and his word, they've been thoroughly tested and they've been found to be without fault. You know, whenever they're getting ready to release a new product onto the market or, you know, we just did this with this vaccine and everything. They got to test it and test it and test it. And and we got to try this out on this many people or, you know, anything that's going to be released to the public. They test it and, 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 and try to see if they can break it and test it and test it and test it and test it. And then when they find out, okay, well, this is 95% effective. This is, you know, this is this much effective. We can go ahead and trust it. Listen, the word of God has been tested and tested for thousands of years now, and it does not have one fault in it. It doesn't have one crack in it. It doesn't have one weakness. When God made a promise, it always works if we'll do our end. If we'll do our part, God's promises always come through. And so we have to trust and we've got to stand on the word of God, stand on those promises and take the Bible very, very, very seriously. You've got to trust the Bible more than you trust people. And I mean, that is hard for some people, right? Because maybe, you know, well, I don't trust my family, but I trust, you know, these guys. I trust this you know, I trust the governor, I trust the doctor, I trust, you know, whatever. You maybe you trust him, maybe you don't. But but either point, I trust God more than any human being. I trust the Bible more than any doctor. I trust the Bible more than any financial advisor, any psychologist. I'm not saying those are bad people. There's a lot of really great ones. But the fact of the matter is I trust the Bible more than them. I trust the Bible more than any person because it's 100% effective. Every time that I do what it says, the way that it says, I always get what it promised me. Always. And again, I repeat, there's been time. Yeah, I've had unanswered prayers. Yeah, I've taken some losses here and there. But every time it was because I did something to screw it up. It was never because God failed or God lied or the power ran out in heaven and he couldn't come through for me. He's always come through every single time. But I've got to saturate my life in his word. I've got to wrap his word around everything that I do. And so I've got one final story I'm going to kind of share here. And uh, this is 
this is from Brother Hagen, uh, but maybe you've heard this story. It's very interesting. He told this story about how in the 1930s, the U.S. Navy had been experimenting with these airships. They're kind of like, you ever seen the Goodyear blimp up above like a, the Super Bowl or something? And so the Navy uh, was experimenting with these. And if you read history, it was a very, it didn't work out. Some of them exploded. Some of the just bad things happened. But, uh, but, but on May 11th, 1932, They had this giant airship, 785 feet long, called the USS Akron. And they had flown it from the East Coast to San Diego, California. And and over 10,000 people came out to see this giant, you know, amazing modern technology. Like, wow, this is incredible. And in fact, it's still to this day is one of the largest flying objects ever. 785 feet. That's huge. And so the the 10,000 people gathered to watch it. But they hadn't taken into account that the direct sunlight here in California would heat the helium up at a more of a rapid pace. And so it's heating the helium up and the thing starts floating away. And so there's tons of Navy sailors trying to hold it down, but they couldn't. And and so it, it breaks a bunch of the ropes and a bunch of guys go flying into the air. Three guys died and a couple of guys somehow they just held on and went kept floating up and up. And so there's some guys fell off. I mean, there's women screaming, children crying, grown men holding their hearts. What's going to happen? Because one guy was left attached to one of the ropes. And it took oh, for over an hour. They see this guy up there flapping around, holding onto this rope. And, and somehow, miraculously, he never fell. For over an hour and nine minutes, this little sailor, this this young little squirt, was holding on to this thing. And they're like, what in the world? And so finally they rescue him. They get him down to the ground. You know, they have the paramedics and doctors and everybody. And let's get him straight to the hospital. They get him down, dust himself off. And he's like, okay, let's go. Everyone's like, what? Are you okay? I'm fine. You're not hurt? No, I'm fine. Well, well aren't you tired? No, I'm not tired. Well... What's going on? How in the world did you hold on that long? He's like, oh, well, you see, before uh, when things started getting crazy, I noticed I had about four feet of slack on the rope. I just tied a big knot around me and then fastened it really tight. And then when we floated up, I wasn't holding on to the rope. The rope was holding on to me. And so I'm telling you right now, there's so many people, I'm just fighting to believe. I'm just fighting to hold on to the promises. I'm just fighting and and trying to be strong. And listen, if you will saturate yourself in the word of God, you're no longer just trying to hold on, brother. You are wrapped in the word of God and you're not clinging to it. It's clinging to you. God's holding on to you. He's got you wrapped up so tight that it's no longer about me being as strong as I can be, it doesn't matter how strong you are. It matters how strong God and His Word are. That's what I'm talking about. Standing on the promises of God. And so I've heard that story all these years. And yesterday I, I literally looked it up and I found the newspaper articles from 1932. There's pictures of this young sailor dangling in the air. And and he held on. that He was on there for over an hour because he was wrapped. And what could hold him together. And I'm telling you this morning. When we say standing on the promise. I mean never again think of that as just some old religious fuddy duddy. Old school thing that your grandma said. It's a real thing. When we take God's word seriously. It will change our lives. Every single 
time. Amen. Can we go ahead and stand up together today? Praise God. Stand up together. Hallelujah. Who's going to take God's word a little more seriously this week? Who wants to find out what belongs to them? I mean, come on. The king of the world left you an inheritance. The, the, the God, the creator, the almighty has a lot of things that he wants you to have, but you're going to have to find out what they are. Open the book and start reading about it. Amen. I'm getting ready to have Josh and uh, Katie Brady lead us in a song here, but I was going to share one final story. You know, again, we, we base our whole lives off of this and, and we've had so many testimonies this year that it's, I mean, you got to write them down. Or you start to forget all the great things that God's done for you. But it's kind of in regards to just being so wrapped up in God's word that you're not clinging on to it, just trying to hold on so you don't let go. No. God being wrapped all around you. Well, I, you know, I want to share this because we, you know, I, I don't want to lose sight of it. But uh, about, I guess about four or five weeks ago, we were uh, in the kitchen and uh, making some, making dinner or whatever. And I hear this loud thud. Like, whoa, what was that? And when you've got kids, usually a loud thud is a sign of something not, you know, not great. And so I look back and little Sam, he's not much of a climber, but he climbed up and he just fell. Boom. Did a, did a pile drive, a, a, a just head plant right on the hardwood floor in the kitchen. And, and he's, he's crying and I'm like, oh, okay, what's going on here? So. Anyway, uh, you know, we pick him up and he's all dizzy and he's like, I want to go to sleep. I want to take. And so he just basically passes out in our arms, you know, just falls asleep right there in our arms like, okay. Uh, so we, you know, take him to the hospital and uh, Katie's in there in the ER with him. And, you know, at no point I wasn't freaked out. I, and Katie wasn't, you know, I mean, we were serious. We knew it was serious, but but we weren't sitting there like. Oh God, what were those healing verses that the preacher talked about? Where, where were those? What are we going to do? How, and, and you know, when you're so wrapped up in it, you can remain calm. And, and I know it was a serious thing, but at no point, you know, did we lose it? And so she, she calls me and, and, and here's what the doctors at the ER said. They're like, this isn't great. There's bleeding, um, behind his eardrum or on his, his eardrum is bleeding. It looks like there's, busted or something like that and there is a skull fracture like well hot dog that doesn't sound too good does it and so they're like what we're going to do is we need to get him in an ambulance and take him down to Loma Linda and so I'm like all right so you know um, I drove over there and and you know we're praying we're again we don't just talk about this stuff we the just shall live by faith we you guys this church you guys and uh, we live by faith we don't visit it we don't you know drive by and nod at god on sundays we live by faith it's our whole lives and so i drove over there they let me into the er and and you know i lay hands on them they got the little fella in a neck brace and all this stuff and so they they you know we're just we're standing in faith quoting the bible believing the bible standing on the word praying in the spirit not freaking out about it and so Katie's in there with them the whole time. They they drive down to Loma Linda. She's witnessing to the ambulance driver, and she preached the gospel to him and all this stuff. And and so I just knew, man, everything's going to be okay. But why? Because my dad promised me that he would protect me and my family. God promised me. My father promised me that 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 he would protect us and that he is our healer. 
And so they get down to Loma Linda and, and Katie calls me in the middle of the night and she's like, we're here. Can you come pick us up? And I'm like, huh? It's 2 a.m. What are you talking about? <laughs> and so she's like, no, you need to get down here. They're releasing us. I'm like, what? She said, yeah, believe, believe here's what happened. They got down, they get down here. They take them inside. They run their tests. They run their x-rays. They do their machines. They can't, they don't know what the other hospital was talking about. There's no fracture. There's no bleeding. He's fine. He's fine. There's nothing wrong with him at all. I'm like, well, they give him some Tylenol or no, they don't, they didn't give him Tylenol. They didn't get nothing. They didn't do nothing because he didn't need anything. So I drive up, I drive down the middle of the night to Loma Linda, pick them up and, and Sam's just fine and dandy being himself, dancing, skipping to the car like nothing ever happened. And I'm like, so what happened here? I mean, I know God was involved. Was this hospital just so wrong they can't read an x-ray machine or what? And I knew that the Lord spoke to me like, no, there was something wrong. But on the way down there, the great physician showed up and just fixed it all together. And it was all around. Amen. And so you may think we're crazy for claiming the naming it and claiming it and, and preaching this stuff, but it's not so crazy and it's not so wild when you need God and he shows up like we talked about. Amen. Amen. And so I'm going to have them. I had a specific song I wanted them to sing for us today called Promises. And the words will be on the screen. But as we close out. I just want you to take a minute and and give God thanks. But but if you are in need of something right now, let's sing to God. Let's worship God and let's believe him and trust that he's not a liar, that he really does keep his word. Amen. Let's worship the Lord for just a few minutes before we close out today.
For you have supplied my every need And your presence is enough for me promises to me now I'm casting out all fear for your love has set me free my hope will always be your promises to me More than enough for me You will always be more than enough for me Nothing's gonna stop the plans you've made Nothing's gonna take your love away You have always been more than enough for me You will always be more than enough for me you will always be more than enough for me. Nothing's gonna stop the plans you've made. Nothing's gonna take your love away. You have always been more than enough for me. Let's sing that one more time. You have always been more than enough for me. You have always been more than enough for me. Nothing's gonna stop the plans you've made. Nothing's gonna take your love away. You have always been more than enough for me. It doesn't matter what I feel. It doesn't matter what I see. My hope will always be your promises to me. Now I'm casting out all fear, for your love has set me free. My hope will always be your promises to me. Amen. Let's raise our hands to him for just a minute today. Father, we love you. And we do say this morning, it doesn't matter what we feel. It doesn't matter what we see, Lord. We walk by faith and not by sight. If you promised it, we believe it, Lord. If you said it, we know it's true. No matter what anybody else says, no matter what we feel, we know that you are true. You're not a person. You're not a man. You don't lie. You keep your word. You have never made a promise and failed to come through on it, God. We love you and we trust you and we thank you, Lord, for the times that you've come through. We thank you for the times that you healed us. We thank you for the times that you protected us from danger. Lord, we know that, that there's been weapons formed against us, but they didn't prosper. There's been attacks from the devil that meant to take us out, but you stopped it before it ever even got there, Lord. We thank you that you are a good, good father. You are a wonderful God, a mighty God. We trust you. We thank you, Lord. We thank you. We love you. We praise you, Father. You are so good, and your mercy endures forever, Lord.
Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, I pray over every single person here right now, God. No matter what it is that may be coming against us right now, Lord, maybe we're in the thick of the battle, or maybe it's like, hey, there's no battle at all right now. Either way, Lord, we trust you. Then we know your word is true. And I pray for every household here, every family here, every marriage here, every person here, every child here, Lord, that the blessing of the Lord rest upon them this week, God. We're blessed in the city. We're blessed in the field. We're blessed when we come and when we go. Everything that we set our hands to is blessed by you. Lord, keep us strong. Keep us safe this week. Help us to look to you and to cling to you. Help us to wrap your word all the way around our lives just like that sailor did. And no matter what, God, we know that you've got us. You've got us, Lord, and we're sticking close to you. We thank you for it, Father. We love you and we praise you in the name of Jesus. If you love the Lord today, could you make some noise for him for just a minute? Hallelujah. We love you, Jesus. We thank you. You are so good. Amen. Well, we want to remind you that we have service tonight at 6 o'clock. Come on out. We got children's church going on for all the age groups. And then starting next Sunday morning on Mother's Day, amen, Children's Church every Sunday morning. It's going to be awesome. And don't forget, do not forget to get an invitation and invite somebody to Mother's Day. Invite somebody so we can preach the gospel to them and we can let them know how much Jesus loves them. There will be a gift for every mom. If you need to get your tickets to the mother-son pancake breakfast, go back there and grab those. Do you have something to say, mom? Five o'clock prayer, amen. And, and if you're, uh, we have our five o'clock warfare prayer tonight before service. If you're serving in one of the children's areas of nursery, make sure that you're doing your class on time. But five o'clock prayer tonight, it's gonna be awesome, amen. Well, who's ready to speak some words of faith over Barstow today? Who's ready? Come on. Do I have any volunteers? I got someone that wants to help me out with the Barstow faith confession today. Come on, somebody. Kathy, is that Kathy raising her hand back there? Kathy, are you raising your hand? Are you praising God? Oh, <laughs> she can't. <laughs> all right, all right. Let, let, let me get some. Let me get some. Noah, come here real quick. Noah's gonna do it. Let's have Noah Garcia help us with the Barstow Faith Confession. I know your mama will grab your ear and just bring you up here, kid. Come on. We'll call Pastor Dave. No, come on. All right, hey, it's right there on the screen, buddy. You've got this. You got this. All right. We declare that Barstow Barstow is a blessed blessed city. city. Our Our families families are are safe. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.